We have been, uh, in the month of May, we've been looking at the topic of family and all the family elements. And, um, and the series that we've been uh, looking through has been titled, It Takes a Village, which comes from the African proverb, It Takes a Village to Raise a Child. And the whole idea of this series has been to show that to do with elements of family, whether it's uh, parenting, whether it's marriage, and today, whether it's dating, it's always done better through community. Through community. And uh, today, we, uh, as I said, we, we'd be going backwards. We went from parenting, and then we went to marriage, and then we go one before marriage, which is dating. I promised myself that I wouldn't, I would try very hard not to uh, make fun of the single people in our church. Uh, I think that would be inappropriate as a pastor of love and grace for me to do that. Um, you know, in the Bible, there's only two categories of people in terms of mar- 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 marital status. God only sees it as you're married or you're not married. Okay, so just because uh, we are a church of love, if you are not married, can you just stand where you are? If you are not married, let's just see what the percentages are. Okay, if you're not married, stand where you are. If you're not married, okay, don't be embarrassed. If you're not married, stand where you are. Okay, now, whatever about the married people, everyone's standing up, just have a good look. Okay, just have a good look. Amen. Okay, you guys will thank me later. You can be seated. Thank you, all the single people. You'll, you'll, you'll thank me later. One day, I'm going to preside your wedding, and when you start sharing that story, you're going to be like, there was this one Sunday where my pastor made all the single people stand, and I stood, and I looked, and she stood, and she looked. And our eyes interlocked and forever in love. Amen. <laughs> Maybe, hopefully. You know, for the married people, you know, just kind of like last week when we talked about marriage, for the single people, you know, you, you kind of would have thought, oh, you know, this isn't relevant for us. You know, th- th- this can feel like the same. For married people, I- I'm just about to preach a sermon on, on, on dating. And so... If, if you're married, and, and I guess, you know, if you start getting interested about this, like for yourself, there's something wrong with that, right? Like, and we'll pray for you, okay? But this is relevant because the whole idea of this series has been community. And even if you're married, you're a part of this community. And that means the person next to you, you love them and you have to connect with them. And if they're single, if they're dating, you need to get in their lives. So as much as this sermon is for the single people, it's actually for everyone because it's all about our community. And I hope that we can all see it. And also, parents, when you have kids old enough to start dating, uh, you will want to know. You will will want this uh, sermon on podcast, and uh, you can listen to it again. Dating is a very important part of life, okay? Now, anyone that tells you that dating is, uh, uh, is not important, okay, they're single, usually, <laughs> okay, or they've had trauma in their life, okay? Dating is a very important part in life. 
You know, like money, like future, like career. Dating is important. However, dating doesn't get done very well. Okay? Dating doesn't get done very well. It doesn't get done very well with the people that are dating. And it also doesn't get done very well in the community that the people are dating with. And I'm going to touch on both. You know, I truly believe that the most important uh, choice that every human must make in their lives is to whether they will receive or reject Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's the most important decision any human will make in their life. It doesn't matter uh, what stage of life you're in. It doesn't matter what background or culture. That one choice is the most important choice that you have to make in your life because the consequence of that choice goes beyond our life here. That's the most important choice. But if you were to ask me, what's the second most important choice? (laughs) Exactly. Thank you, Nathaniel. He literally just said, it's who you marry. I translate it. We're in the same life group. We we connect. I think the second most important and, and, you know, this is my opinion, okay? You, you, can, you don't have to agree with me, but I, I think the second most important decision you need to make in your life is who will I marry? And not to say that you have to marry. You don't have to marry. Okay? Don't, don't feel like that's, that's uh, you, you know, you have to get married. Okay? But it's a choice. It's a choice. And it's a big choice. Because if you choose to get married, who you marry will affect every area of your life. Every area. Because dating is such an important topic, we need to make sure precisely what the Bible says about it. Now, I did research. Dating is mentioned, the word dating, the word dating in the Greek is this word, it doesn't exist. (laughs) The word dating never, never, ever turns up in the Bible. If you type in Google, what does the Bible say about dating? It, it talks about a few different bits and pieces, but there is no specific mention of dating. It talks about marriage and it talks about singleness. That's why I call it the invisible topic of the Bible. It's an invisible topic because it never specifically mentions it. It doesn't tell us how to do it. It doesn't tell us specifically the right way or the wrong way. Now, I was thinking to myself, well, what's an example? What's another example, right, of um, something like this? And, and I literally thought, oh, how to go to the bathroom. The Bible never specifically tells us how we need to go to the bathroom, right? And then I thought, wait a minute. I should check this. So I actually looked it up in the Bible. And, and you know what's funny? The Bible, there's a verse in the Bible that actually talks about how you need to go to the bathroom in the Old Testament. I can't remember what it is, but I started laughing. It literally says, go out of the town, take a little shovel, do your business, cover up, and then come back in because it's dirty. Right? So here's another example that really the Bible doesn't talk about. Your future job. You know, the Bible never says you need to do this. You need to be a lawyer. You need to be a doctor. You need to be a dentist. That's your parents. Okay, your parents tell you to do those things. The Bible never tells you specifically what you should do, but does that mean it's not important? No, it's very important. It's very important in the career choices we make. Does God care about those choices? Of course he does. 
In the same way, does God care about who we date? Of course he does. But it doesn't specifically talk about it. I have had people over the years ask me, Steve, Pastor Steve, what does God say about dating? Not much. But do you know what he does talk about? He talks about wisdom. Over the years of speaking to young people and studying what God says about marriage and then dating to head into marriage, I think actually the most important word that you need to understand in topics that God does not specifically talk about is the word wisdom. So today I've titled the sermon, Wise Dating. Because if you want to ask me how should I date, I'm going to tell you, date wisely. And we're going to unpack that tonight. Let me define wisdom. Wisdom is defined the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. You know, it goes beyond being smart. It goes beyond having the, you know, the street smarts or the book smarts. Wisdom goes beyond that. It goes beyond having lots of knowledge. Wisdom allows us to know what the right thing is and what the wrong thing is in the right and the wrong situation. To date well, don't pursue the things of this world, but pursue wisdom. If anyone says, what's the secret ingredient to good, godly, holy dating? It's the word wisdom. Now, as I said, the Bible has a lot to say about the word wisdom. Proverbs 9.10, and this is going to sort of overarch the whole sermon. It says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The Bible tells us that wisdom begins, wisdom begins when we fear God. When we fear God, that is the beginning of wisdom. Now, the word fear, okay, it doesn't mean be scared of, okay? When it says to fear the Lord, it doesn't mean to be frightened of God. It means to have a reverence, a high respect for God. It's to consider God so high that you would consider His thoughts and you'd consider His um, attitudes and, and views on you and dating that is the beginning of wisdom. So to put it simply, to date well, you need to honor God. That's the first point. You need to honor God. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. The wisest way that we are to pursue relationships is within the village, within community. That's not to say you can only date within the community. Okay, we're not a cult. Okay, there's only about 50 of us here. Your choices are limited. For some of you, it might be the best you're ever going to get. But still, I'm just saying, okay, don't be picky. The whole idea is when you date and you want to date wisely, date in community. Meaning, have people around you. Have people around you when you are dating because that is wise. 
that is wise. Now, there are three communities that we need to consider when we date so that we can be wise and not foolish. And as I said, if you're married, you need, to, you need to work out which of these communities you are a part of that you can help dating people or single people to date well. So this is not a sermon just for the singles. This is a sermon for everyone. The first community is this, community with God. The first rule of wise dating is actually the first rule in all of life. Mark 12, 30, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your, your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first community that single people should be dating within, and it's your community with God. Dating without inviting God into the process is literally like dating in the dark. If God is light and you're not involving God in that dating process, you're literally, we're turning off all the lights and you're walking around going, hey, how you going? You know, like you don't even know who you're talking to. Without God, you can't see anything. How can we know what is right and wrong? How can we know that without God who has set Set the rule of what is right and wrong. The first and foremost important step of dating is to pursue wisdom that begins from the fear of the Lord. Now, obviously, this is applying to believers, to Christians. Now, if you're not a Christian, that's fine. You can follow the rules of whatever God you want to believe and you want to worship. That's fine. But for believers, do not be tempted to compartmentalize your dating life with other areas of your life. I have seen this. I have experienced this. I have, you know what's funny? You talk to married people about dating. They will tell you more about their mistakes than when they got it right. But can I tell you, married people, don't be afraid to share your failures in dating. Don't be afraid to share your weaknesses of what went right and wrong. This is how we build the community. Don't compartmentalize your dating life. I did this. I've seen it happen with my friends. You know, these people that love God, serve God, are, are in public places, and then suddenly a boyfriend and girlfriend comes and God just gets thrown out the window. And ultimately what you're saying is, God, I love you. I honor you. I want you to be a part of all of my life except the part that I want, which is dating. You can't do that. You can't do that. Don't do that to God. If you're choosing to honor God with your life, then choose to honor God all your life, including your dating life. Including your dating life. Why would God suddenly not care about your, your dating? Why? Some people go, you know, God doesn't really care about who I date. Why would God not care if it's such an important area in your life? No, He does care. The first community that we must learn to date within is your personal community with God. 
Because that's where wisdom begins. Secondly, the community of friends and family. Now, while researching, I came across an amazing piece of advice. Not biblical. Well, it's not from the Bible, but I think it's a great piece of advice. And it says this. Lean hard on the people who know you best, love you most, and will tell you when you're wrong. Okay? Now, this is really important because when we date, right, you know when you ask people for advice? Or, let's be honest, so many of us when we date, we don't ask people for advice. Lean hard on the people who know you best, love you most, and will tell you when you're wrong. Can I tell you, if you don't have those kind of people in your life, you are missing out on so much wisdom. So much wisdom. I have a board at church, right? That's what these guys are to me. I remember once I, well, I thought it was a brilliant idea. Actually, most of my brilliant ideas go to my board and then get shut down right there because they, they know me best, so they accept the fact that I come up with, you know, really cool and funky ideas. They love me the most. They go, yeah, nice try, Steve. And then they tell me that I'm wrong. And they're very good at doing that. And that has saved, I believe, our church so many times. I believe that's the single reason why we're getting to five years next week. Because I have had people that, have taught, that, that are not scared to tell me, look, Steve, I think you're wrong. Now, I don't think this is—I don't think this is just a a, a concept just for dating. I, I think this is a generic concept for all areas of our lives. If you don't have people like that, you're missing out. You're missing out in a big way. But specifically with dating, if you choose to date in isolation, you are completely crippling yourself from the wisdom and support that is available from your friends and family. It's funny, but so many times when we start dating, we avoid the opinions of the people closest to us because we are usually scared of the truth that might not be in line with what we want. Isn't that the truth? Huh? Huh? I don't want to look at people specifically. I'm just going to, like, x-ray it. Hey, I've been there. I'm not any uh, stranger from this. Anyone dated in secret? Don't put up your hand. That's it. <laughs> right? Dating in secret. When you, and your friends and, and family, they, you know, they don't know. Just think about it for a moment, how smart and wise that is. It's not very. The people that love you the most are your friends and family. If you can't be honest with them and if you can't listen to what they have to say to you, you are a fool. You're a fool. Proverbs 19, 20, listen to advice and accept discipline. This is wisdom. This is biblical wisdom. Listen to advice and accept, it, accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Dating within the community of your friends and family is wise because you are allowing advice and discipline to be a part of the journey. The, the key word in this is this word accountability. Accountability is to be authentically, deeply, consistently known by someone who cares enough to keep you from making mistakes or indulging in sin. We all need people to keep us accountable because we 
can be foolish. We can be blinded. How many times, or I don't know, whether it's you or someone else around you starts dating and they are blind with love. They don't see anything. The storm's coming, a tornado's coming, and you know what they hear? They hear like pianos in the background. You know, they, they hear like wonderful, romantic, you know, music in all areas of their life. They're just blind. What accountability does is someone that loves that person says, hey, I, you know, I, I understand that you're, you know, completely blind right now, but there's, there's more to the picture. Accountability. We need these people in our lives to help us, to keep us in check, to correct us when we're wrong. To encourage us when things get hard. Now, once again, if you're dating or if you're single, you need these people. If you're married, become one of these people. Become one of these people. Uh, you know, I, I, have, I have both sides. In my life, I, I'm, I'm privileged enough to have people that keep me accountable. It's for all areas of my life, whether it's my finance, my marriage, whether it's, you know, my ministry, whether it's my rest. I have people that call me and they ask me, hey, have you been on holiday lately? Hey, you getting enough sleep these days? You know, I have people that are accountable in those areas. Now, in your dating, why wouldn't you want that? Don't you think you need that? Because don't you want to date well? Why would we throw this out of the window in such an important area of our lives as dating? Foolish. Being accountable to someone is, is what we can see is described in Galatians 6, 2. It says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Accountability is a way that we can actually help each other. We can actually carry each other's burdens. When we're dating, most of the time, as said, we're blinded. Right? We're blinded. Even the most logical person can be completely illogical when they start dating. Let me give you a bunch of names. Jokes, jokes. People start to get nervous, eh? I know a lot. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm going to write a book one day, okay? It's all coming out. How many times you did not listen to your pastor's advice about dating? That's actually the title of the book. Why did you not listen to your pastor? You know, by staying in the community of your friends and family, you are allowing them to carry some of the burden that is upon your own shoulders. Friends and family, this is how we help each other. This is how we carry each other's burdens, by getting involved in each other's lives. This is wise dating. So we have the community with God of God, community with God. We have the community of our friends and family. Third community that we need to date within is the community of the church. Once again, one of the foolish things that we see in dating is when couples isolate themselves from the church. I've seen it happen. They start dating and they start turning up to life group late. Well, they start like missing Sundays because they've got to go away or something. People are like, hey, have you kept in, you know, check with those two? And they're like, oh, we don't know what they're, you know, we, they've been so busy dating.
is so dangerous. It's so dangerous. I'm not going to say it's sinful. Okay, I'm not, not going to go that far, but I'm, I'm saying it's so dangerous. When you start dating, that you isolate yourselves outside of these communities, including the church. So dangerous. But I want to quickly flip this. Because you might be like, <laughs> how did he find out? You know, don't look at the person next to you, but that might be them. They might be the one dating in secret. Okay, don't look. Just look for eyes forward. Okay? I don't, I don't want to put guilt and shame. Okay? God, will, God knows. I'm just saying God knows. But I believe that one of the reasons why people isolate themselves from church and people feel like they can't come out and, and say, look, I'm dating this person from church. I actually think that a lot of the blame of that is actually on the church as well. Now, what happens when a couple starts dating in church? Is it like, wow, we want to pray for you? Hey, how can we support you? Hey, you know, you want to start meeting once a week? You know what? That doesn't happen. You know what happens when people start dating? Oh my goodness me. Did you see them walking into church? Oh my God. Do you know how close they were? They were closer than God and the Holy Spirit. You know, like, you know, like, they, they sat next to each other. Oh, my God. They sat next to each other. And when the pastor said, hold hands, they were too happy. You know, like, I, I believe that this is actually one of the faults of the church. That instead of encouraging our young, blind, blinded by love dating, you know, what, 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 people have done is we've made it more than what it's meant to be there's gossip there's judgment there's people like pressuring them like they went on three dates and someone's like so when are you getting married now as much as that's not sinful it's dangerous to go up to someone who's gone on three dates and gone, so hey, you guys serious now? You're going to get married? Like you throw the M word in there, three dates? You know, it's, it's, it's dangerous. See, but, but the, the, I, I, honestly, I can't even blame dating couples because sometimes I, I feel like the church forces them to do that. And that's wrong. That's wrong of us as the church. And I really want to acknowledge that because I don't think that the church has really got it right either. I've been, in, I've been involved in ministry for, what, 13 years? I grew up in the church. I had friends dating in the church. I had friends get burned dating in the church. I had, oh, let me share with you one. I, I sat in an, on a meeting where two people in my church who were like similar age to me, they started dating. And I sat in the room with the pastor, with his parents, with her parents, their Bible study teachers. And it was like an intervention. I think we were 15. I think we were 15-year-old high school kids. 
Now that I think, at the time, I thought, yeah, damn right, you know, like, get them in here. Like, what are these guys doing, you know? Now that I think about it, wow. We kind of messed that one up. I was in there for support, by the way. I was in, I was in no position of judgment, just supporting my brother. So I, I think the church hasn't done this one very well. But just because the church hasn't done it very well, it doesn't mean that you should change away from the way that God really wants you to date. And it's to do it in a wise community. A community of saints, a fellowship of believers. Can I, can I, if you have been in this situation, if you have dated, and I, you know, I know even for some married people, you know, this might be, you know, years ago experience and whatnot, but you know, if you ever have been in this situation where you started dating in the church and you felt like you didn't receive the support and the love and the grace and the encouragement that you should have been getting, you know what? I want to apologize. And I want to apologize on two levels. Firstly, I want to apologize from a church perspective. I'm telling you now, and I, want, I really want to acknowledge it. I don't think that we as the church have got this right a lot of the times. And actually, that has actually not given support and encouragement, but has actually caused trauma and abuse. And that might be this church or it might be a church that you used to go to. And you know what? I, I really want to just recognize that. I want to recognize that and I want to apologize. You know what's funny? People come in off the street with an addiction. You know what we do? We do everything to love on that person. We support them. We encourage them. You know, we put them through rehab. We financially support that. You know, people, a homeless person will come off of the street. We'll, we'll, we'll try to do our best to, you know, provide them what, what they need. A young dating couple walks in. They don't get support and encouragement. They get looks. You know, they get judgment. If you've been in this situation, I really want to apologize. To be honest, I'm also apologizing to myself. Been through it myself. But the second level of apology that I want to go is to go one step further and go, not just the church and not just pastors. I want to personally apologize. I know I know that in my 13 years of ministry that I have also uh, not dealt with dating uh, in the best way as well. No? Not, no, no need to shy away from it. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, the situation that, you know, if you did not feel the love and care and support and encouragement from me while you were dating, I want to apologize personally. Look, I, I am the first to tell you that I don't have it all together and I don't, you know, hit home runs every day of the week. And so I know. I know there are times where you needed support, you needed love, you needed encouragement, and I gave you an opinion. You needed someone to embrace you. You need someone to, to hold your hand through these confusing times. And, and, and I gave you a Bible verse. 
There's no point in me apologizing from the perspective of the church if I can't apologize from my own pulpit. And I know, I know. If you've been to this church, most likely it's the people that, that, that know me from even before this church. Hopefully by the time I got to this church, I was a little bit better. But it's the guys that were in part of my family in ministry before that dated, I probably could have done it better. And you probably already know that. And I know that. And I'm sorry. Can't really go back and do anything about it. But we can help a new generation. We can change this. And this is what I really want to encourage. We can change this as the church. Instead of people coming here being scared to tell other people that, well, this is my new boyfriend or girlfriend. Instead of people trying to hide their, their dating relationships, I wanna, we need to build a culture where we are open and transparent and no matter who you walk in the door with, that you know that we will love and accept you. That grace will be available freely in our church because that's exactly the way Jesus would do it. Please do not shy away from the church because the church is broken. Yes, we are broken as members of the church, but the head of the church, Jesus Christ, he's not broken. He's not broken. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, 25 reads this, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is what the Bible tells us to do. So why would we stop doing it once we start dating or even married or even have kids? Why is dating? Is dating in community. It takes a village. It really does. Dating is hard. Woo! All the singles got encouraged about that. Dating is tough. You know why? Because there's no manual that says date like this. One, two, three, four, and then you'll be fine. Dating is hard because every person is different and every relationship is different and every situation is different. There are no rules for dating, but there is wisdom. And wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. It's asking yourself, do I care about what God thinks about my dating? Do I, do I really care about, well, am I making myself available for God to speak into my life as I date? That is wisdom. Wisdom is found in the light. Wisdom is found in community. Single people, we love you. Just because half our church is married doesn't mean that singles don't belong here. Because marrieds, remember once you were single. You were lonely. It was cold at night. It's still cold. <laughs> hey, we had that sermon last week. Go, go to the podcast and listen to that one. Okay. 
Single people, God loves you. He wants the best for you. Do not compromise on the things of the ways of this world. Date wisely. Date wisely. And that all begins in the fear of the Lord. So we are going to pray for the singles. <laughs> my, my friend, I just want to finish with this. Um, my friend, who's also a pastor, he keeps asking me, hey, let's have a church and church fellowship time. And I see straight through it. Because he's not talking about kids. Like, let's have a kid's camp. He's not talking about married couples. Like, let's talk about marriage. He just wants to get his singles out of his church. And he figures the best way he can do it is marry them off. Can I tell you, friends, this is, this is biblical. This one is biblical. Marriage is not the goal of your life. Loving God is the goal of your life. If you do it when you're single, you do it when you're single. If you're married, you do it when you're married. Please, please don't think that marriage is the goal. There is nowhere in the Bible that says, and therefore thou shalt get married or else be a loser for the rest of their life. Singleness is sinful. No, 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 the Bible doesn't say anything like that. Here's the problem. With people that think like that, they actually do sin because they're committing idolatry. They're they're, they're putting marriage up here as if that's the most important thing. But I promise you, the only thing that deserves to be up there is God. You want to date well? Pursue wisdom. Wisdom begins in the fear of the Lord. Amen? Let's pray.